Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm the Gnarly Gnome. This is Cincy Brewcast. It's the voice of Cincy Craft. Uh, this is, uh, for me, recording it, the last show of the year. For you guys, the first show of 2023. So uh, welcome back to another year of the Brewcast. Although we celebrate our uh, anniversary in March, so we're still in the middle of the season. But uh, we're, all, we're, we're winding down. We're in the, <laughs> the final the final uh, quarter of the season. But um, it is a new year. And I, one of the things that I want to talk about um, as we go on here um, is what we kind of expect for Cincinnati beer this year because uh, I, the last couple of years have been so crazy and so weird that um, uh, I think people have been uh, preaching doom and gloom for a very long time and this is the first time that uh, uh, maybe it actually could <laughs> could have come <laughs> because of the state of um, kind of beer in general and then you throw COVID onto that and what that did to uh, the service industry and restaurants and bars and all of that I think that uh, uh, well we'll talk about it but we have lots of other stuff to talk about because we are back at Dogberry Brewing yeah. uh, sitting down with Tony Meyer the, uh, uh, the, the, the leader of this place <laughs> the, uh, this the owner brewer uh, <laughs> Um, um, this, this is one of those places that has definitely changed a lot over the years, has adapted, um, in some, some ways really well with the changing of kind of what craft beer means, uh, in, in other ways, maybe not, maybe a little stubborn in, in what you want craft beer to be. Uh, yes. so there's, there's a lot to talk it's about. Well with <laughs> Anyways, welcome back to the show. Wait, you. You, the last time that we had you on the show, I'm trying to see my volume because I feel like I'm still kind of loud here. Um. The last time we had you on the show was uh, 2021, maybe early, somewhere around there. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about your experience with COVID That's on right. a more of a, a kind of a personal level. And it was uh, still to this day, one of my favorite episodes of the Brewcast. So um, if I remember, I'll put a link in the show notes, click on that and go listen to that episode too. It'll kind of give you a, uh, maybe a good picture of um, what is, what has been happening with Dogberry in the last couple yeah. of years, but Welcome back to the show. Hey, thank you. <laughs> that was a long intro. <laughs> how how have things been? Uh, we'll start we'll start personally. How things been for you? Uh, this uh, this kind of uh, kind of maybe new outlook on where all of this fits into your life. Yeah, um, things have been going well. I uh, I have taken some more time away. Um, I've have a great staff here and. I have been able to lean on them and, and trust them and, and spend a little more time away. Um, I was able to get back doing some of the things that I like to do right. this year. You know, I've been been back uh, hunting and, you know, able to travel, um, did some hiking this year. So, you know, it was nice to be able to be away for a, a week or so at a time and not worry about uh, right. what, what was happening here. Um, you know, and, Kids are getting older, so trying to spend time with them. Uh, you know, the oldest one just turned twenty-one a couple of days ago. It's wild. So, yeah, <laughs> it's wild. So, uh, you know, we're just trying to uh, have that transition be smooth from when our last child is is moving on to college. We're going to be kind of moving on in our lives too, right. and sort of freed up a little bit. Yeah, it's something that I think a lot of people don't uh, don't talk about with this industry too. Is that you know at a, at a certain point everybody everybody wants to 
uh, wants to spend time for themselves. And if you, if, if all of your free time, all of your hobby time, all of your spare time is, has been spent building some kind of a business or running a business is probably the better way to put it. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, at a certain point you have to figure out ways to make that not be the focus of your life. You have to figure out a right. way to, to transition that out. And with the nature of what craft breweries are, they're, they're small businesses. You, you are kind of the center of this universe. And right. so to be able to find ways to, to, to not be is really difficult sometimes. And especially in my case where, you know, I've had some really talented and very helpful assistant brewers, um, but I've maintained the, the head the lead job here where I'm doing everything right. in, in the brew house. So, um, and I couldn't have done what I've been doing, like maintaining that close contact with family and, and traveling and take whatever the, the trendy term is now, self care, whatever the hell they call it, <laughs> you know, without, without the guys that I, and, and ladies that I have here helping, um, We've got, have had some really good people helping in a brew house, but it is by the nature of how this business was set up, it's time dominant. Uh, it, it really, really did take over a big portion of my life. In fact, much bigger than, you know, I thought it was going to. Right. Um, well, when you guys opened this place uh, back in the old location, I think the, it was kind of uh, the way you guys kind of put it out there was that, you know, we're, you know, we're stay at home dads. We, uh, just kind of like, we've got this hobby. We want this, this thing to do. We just want to kind of share with other people mm -hmm. and like, and that's, you know, kind of, kind of like the, the neighborhood kind of idea where you're yep. just hanging out in your garage and people show up and hang out with you. Right. And, 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 and that was very much kind of what it was, but then very quickly it, it grows into this other thing that, it, uh, it blew up, uh, you know, from our standards. I mean, obviously we're nothing like, a lot of the bigger places and, and our mission was never, was never to get that big. Right. Uh, but yeah, it, it did sort of, uh, I won't say get out of control, but it got to be a lot to handle. Sure. Um, and not, not regretful about that by any means. Um, and now we're in a much better position as a company. Uh, you know, we've, I've brought in a new partner. Uh, we've moved on from the, the initial setup and, uh, so now it's still very small. It's just me and, and one other partner. And uh, it's uh, one of those things where it still does take a lot of your own personal time, but uh, it's not beating me up as much. Right. Yep. Well, it, you know, it, you have to find ways to get it to grow enough mm -hmm. that it becomes sustainable enough that you can find ways to pivot outside of it right. and that you well, don't have to be here. Just and being able to pay the people to do that right. work. But finding them is one thing. They're, they're an incredible amount of talented and, and dedicated folks. Uh, it's, you know, how much do you not want to do? And then how do you pay for that? Right. Uh, and can you maintain what your customer base expects if you make that change? Right. So, that's, uh, that's important well, and, to and, me, you know, and, and at the end of the day, this is still, this is still your baby. Yeah. You know, it's like if, if you bring somebody in that is, uh, giving subpar service, or if you bring somebody in making beer, that's making, you know, crappy beer or yeah. things that, you know, you don't think speak to what, what dog berries, I know at a certain point you have to start letting that go a little bit too. Sure. Maybe not the service side, but, um, but, no, never, but, that, but, won't, that won't happen as long as I'm <laughs> having any role. But this. like, but at a certain point, like you have to let go of some of the things too, that like, um, that when you're in control a hundred percent all the time, yeah. you, 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 
you can control it, it, it. It's a strange, it's a strange thing to kind of to pivot away from, but it is. Um, um, I'm looking forward to it. But nobody talks about it. Nobody talk like you don't hear you don't hear Madry talking about how when you know Kenny and Brady are kind of shifting their roles away from it that how they do that. Right. You know they don't. It's it's just not it's not sexy. It's not fun. It's not it's not you know yeah. on brand for anybody. Nobody well, nobody nobody puts cares. it out there. <laughs> you know the, you know, the general public everybody probably just doesn't talks care. about beer and like there are so many aspects to this that um, as some of these breweries start to start to grow up and start to hit a certain point like it becomes a real thing for owners or mm-hmm. for, for, uh, for people that have made this their career. It's, uh, yeah. Um, it's interesting. Very much so. Uh, yeah. how do you, let's, let's talk about beer first because, okay. um, yeah. uh, we're drinking beer of course, because it's a beer podcast. Um, the beer and of course I had the volume turned down as always. It was there just, uh, I'll, now I'll edit this explanation out. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I'm drinking time blue. This is a red lager, kind of the, um, uh, I'm, kind of sits close to that yingling kind of idea, like a little bit more flavorful lager or something that um, somebody still wants to feel like they're drinking a craft beer. They Mm -hmm. may not want the the light lagers, the pilsners, that kind of stuff, Um, but have something that's really crushable. I love love this beer so much. This is definitely one of my favorites. It's a a fan favorite for sure. Um, My my, my dad drinks a lot of it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And and there are a handful of folks that when it's on, that's that's what they want. Uh, What is it? It still has a nice little little bite to it from the hops. Like Mm -hmm. it's not... um, which you know, Yingling does not. No, <laughs> so no. it's not. It's not. Uh, it's not a boring beer by any by any means. When I say you know, kind of the Yingling side of things, <laughs> um, it's uh, it's good. I like it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like everything that you guys do here. I think that this this might be, and we've we've talked about this on some other episodes. Uh, the you know, kind of the the breweries around town that might be a little bit underrated or that people don't understand. Uh, certain aspects of them. And I think that um, the beer at Dogberry especially is not talked about nearly as much as it deserves to be. And I'm not just saying that because I'm here. Um, I, I, think, that. I think that it's fantastic. I think that uh, um, even, I, I hate saying it, but even like the seltzer is <laughs> it's one of the best seltzers to me in town. I think it's, I think it's, I'm not going to say it's great because it's seltzer, but uh, <laughs> as far as seltzers, it might be great. Um, it uh, like, there's just so many little aspects to this that um, I think people just don't, uh, don't understand and appreciate. And it's, uh, it's frustrating sometimes for a beer drinker to. It's a um, complex scenario for something that we, uh, we try to treat very simply. We, we try to make good quality craft beers. We're not here to make a show dog or a show pony out of anything. You're not going to get a whole lot of marketing buzz out of us. The focus is on some traditional styles, and we will step outside of that, but making sure that when I make a beer that is a true beer style, whether it be old world or craft style, I want to I brew it correctly to that, right. to that style. And, you know, not, not making anything crazy or over the top, um, no kind of wild schemes or flavor profiles, you know, maybe not trendy by any means, but it, this is who we are. And I think there's, uh, there's some, uh, there's some value in that, in that quality. Well, you know, you talk about trendy beers and I think that like, I don't know that, some of the weird stuff that's out there is, is trendy by itself. I, I think just this idea of just constantly 
running around trying to find something new and the next thing, something different. I think that's the trendy side of it. And I think that people Mm -hmm. kind of miss out on that sometimes as far as understanding what's happening. I think people try to try to do things that they don't need to at the same time, like even at the quote unquote trendiest breweries where people are sitting down and, you know, drinking a bunch of, you know, milkshake kumquat IPAs or whatever (laughs) it is people are drinking these days. Uh, They'll they'll have one of those and then they're still grabbing something else that is tried and true that is yeah. comfortable if they can right. if they can't then they don't have a choice but that's yeah I, I can almost guarantee that if you're a brewer you give them a choice and create just a great flavorful easy drinking beer yeah people will drink it right. and I think that people don't necessarily understand that sometimes they spend so much time chasing this other thing that they forget just it's about making stuff that people want to drink. Yeah. So, you know, one way I like to look at it is I'm not throwing anything in your face as a beer. You are able to pick out each of these qualities, but there's subtlety to this and there's balance. Right. And it's not, you know, I can, I can hop the crap out of anything or I can throw fruit in, in beers or whatever it is you might want to do, whatever adjuncts are, and, and really say, and you this do is that. the focus. Yeah. You, you don't, you know, when, when we're saying this, don't think that there's not stuff like that because there are, like, right now there's, there's a couple fruited, uh, summer ales up there. There's, yeah. a, uh, a you can, you can get habaneros stout. thrown into oh, habaneros <laughs> anything in you the, want <laughs> in an IPA. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, so there are like, there are like kind of, and I would, I would call those trendy beers, you know, call a fruited beer, something trendy, but, um, it's done differently than I think Mm -hmm. what people think of when you say that. Right. It's not so one ingredient forward. Right. So, so yeah, there's balance and there's subtlety to pretty much everything we do here. I drank, um, and this is not a dig at urban artifact. I drank the, uh, uh, sugar plum the other night, their, uh, Christmas kind of uh, fruit tart plums, vanilla, and that's all I taste. It sounds it's, delicious. It's but, tart with plums and vanilla. It's, yeah. it's fantastic, but it's not a beer, you know. And I, right. I think they admit that it's not a beer. It's a fruit tart. It's something right. else now. It's become mm-hmm. it's become different. It's a uh, uh, it's okay, but like sometimes I just want to sit and I want to have a red <coughs> lager or I want to have yeah. a uh, an imperial IPA that'll uh, that'll <laughs> that'll get you giggling. Yeah, it'll change your plans. <laughs> that's for so, sure. Sometimes you know that's all. Like that's that's the fun of it, but um, I think that I think places sometimes think they have to do everything. Yeah, and uh, I think that goes for for both sides. That uh, places think they have to have something trendy and have stuff that is uh, maybe more tried and true. I think some places right. think that they like you don't you just do what you do, know who that is, mm-hmm. and do it well, and yeah. you can create a business that uh, that that people fall in love with. But um, it gets hard. <laughs> it, it does. You know, we, we're not making that many more beer drinkers. Um, sure. you know, in this industry, there's, there's so much competition, even within the local brewery industry and then craft as it is, as a category, but spirits and wine and everything else, just, you know, there's a lot, there's a, there's a little pool that a lot of people are fighting for. When, when do you think the last time, year wise or decade wise that there actually were new beer drinkers being created versus people just kind of confused stumbling around. Versus- I think nineties, mid nineties to early two thousands. I think I almost maybe think that's a personal thing. I almost, that think was me. E- I almost think it's e- earlier than that. Like I think that 
a lot of those people were beer drinkers, but they were drinking macro beer well, sure. and found, yeah, a, thought, okay. found, found better beer. Yeah, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm thinking more along the lines of people finding craft beer, sure. or, you know, moving on from those macros. Um, obviously, the big beer industry in this country has been cruising for a very long time. Right. But uh, I, I take it back to those mid '90s when I was a kid, uh, you know, in college, and um, it was the West Coast thing was really just starting to happen. Right. And my trips to Seattle and just that whole scene there, and it, it really started. And you can taste it in a lot of my beers that it was more of a a British style. Uh, brewing scene with some oomph to it well that's that's always been kind of the the joke to me here is that you know people talk about uh um ipas or you know you know whatever it is and like to me this is a very uh very british inspired brewery like you oh, look absolutely. at you look at the, the way these beers are are, are built and the, the the malt profile and like mm-hmm. it's it's all very British to me, yes, <laughs> in a very good way. But right. I think, but I think people don't understand again when you no. say that what that means. But yeah, maybe that's not a cool thing. But that's not cool at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> None of it is cool. But, but that's the man, fun of it. <laughs> it's, it's so. It's just it, for me. It's it's so good. And and I think we've made some converts. And I think we have had some people that have found us and didn't know that that that's what they were looking for, but they found it. Right. Uh, I, I love it. It's uh, uh, definitely one of my more frequent breweries, which isn't even a fair thing though, because it is also really close to me. So that helps. (laughs) (laughs) um, It is definitely, (laughs) (laughs) Um, how does, how does it all shape you guys going forward? Um, As the industry keeps changing, you guys have to keep shifting and changing and and evolving a little bit too, um, aside from just the personal adjustments of trying to figure that out. Yeah. So one more note on the personal side is that I am, as we've talked personally, where I'm looking to sort of move on, divest a little bit from the business and sort of free myself up a little bit more and and in time have somebody else running everything. Right. But as the company sits right now, we are making an adjustment that I think is necessary. Um, we've seen that it's it's sort of been a thing. We are we have taken over the space next door to us, which is outfitted as a commercial kitchen, and we are partnering with a uh, a local chef, uh, food vendor. His name is uh, Stephen Spiro. Uh, he runs a food truck called Twisted Greek. He will run his commissary out of that space next door, and he is also developing a concept that will be not not not, eth- not ethnic based right it is a, a specific concept for dogberry to for food to be served here and for takeaway that's fantastic yep uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be amazing we have some uh, test menus already been worked out uh, Steven's working hard on that we're uh, looking at an elevated uh, slider type menu. Ooh, I'm all about yeah. that. Sliders, fries. Of course, we'll have wings. There'll be salads and there will be some grab and go stuff that is always available here cold. Um, along with that comes the opportunity to have the A1A. So we will be adding wine and uh, canned cocktails, uh, some ciders, things like that. Uh, for the longest time, I mean, and, and if anybody knows I'm stubborn outside of my family, <laughs> Mr. Gnome here knows I'm a very stubborn guy, but uh, that was something that, that took a lot for me um, to bring in other people's products because I worked so hard for so long to make these this 
this brewery and this product what it is. And I think, uh, you know, with, with the changes that have happened economically, uh, socially, uh, we, we need to have that flexibility. We need to uh, be able to bring in and keep more people. Yeah. So there's just no no two ways about it. No, no sugar coating anything. We have to flex with the game or we're going to get, we're just going to get left behind. Well, you see it like you walk in here on any, any evening and you look at the bar and everybody's got takeout in front of them. There's, you know, uh, DoorDash orders coming all of it. Do- I think, I still think that Dogberry is set as my home address on uh, Uber Eats just because that's the only thing I've ever, <laughs> like I don't think I've ever Ubered Eats at home. So this is just my home address. Like, that's outstanding. It's, uh, so, but, but it just shows that there's, there's definitely a need for that. And I, you know, it's hard also because, and this probably goes into the the wine and the canned cocktails and all that yeah. stuff too. Like you, yeah. you don't ever want that. I don't think you ever want that to be the focus of of what the business is. Absolutely, uh, and that's just my kind of personal love of craft beer. Right. I get that there are plenty of concepts around town where uh, there are brewery, but the food starts to kind of become the important thing or, right. the, or the cocktails or whatever it is, the bar atmosphere that becomes mm-hmm. the center of it. And I, I personally don't want that. I assume that you're probably one of those people that don't want that. I'll to guarantee be you either. that's not going to happen here. Um, the, the food, however great it's going to be. And it, it this guy is, he's on his game. He, he's a very, very good chef that is looking to bring that that same quality approach to what we're having here, but it's a, it's an accompaniment yeah, to from, what from, we have. And from my understanding, uh, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, like when he when 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 all this kind of came together, he wasn't really looking for a standalone no. kitchen inside of a brewery or something. He was looking no. for a commissary kitchen where he could kind of you know store stuff and kind of do the food prep and all and have this space, right. So the way the business deal came about, yes, (laughs) that he can serve some food here. Right. So that's the way the business deal came about. It had to be that, hey, you are going to be contractually obligated to service Dogberry and we are going to jointly um, build this concept. Right. So, yes, it's it's going to be his food business and we are still going to be Dogberry, but it is going to be an option for you here. And we are going to make it very easy for you to get that food here. With an on-site kiosk for ordering and paying, and his folks will bring the food right to your table. It's awesome. I yeah. love it. I yeah. love it. Uh, but you're right. I want to. I want to expound on that with the wine and the cocktails. We are not doing bottles, okay. uh, so any cocktail type stuff will be canned, manufactured. Ciders will be the same way, uh, and the wine is going to be a thing. We're going to have high quality stuff but not a such a wide option that right. it becomes a wine-focused place. What this allows us to do is keep uh, some of the, the corporate groups that come in. We've got, you've got non-drinkers, you've yeah. got non-beer drinkers, uh, and it, it'll bring more of that to us as well. So, well, and just make people happier when they're here. There's, there's probably yeah. people that like walk in, oh, do you have wine? You know, oh, okay, yeah. I guess I'll drink this. Right. And then they're just not like... They're not enjoying themselves. They're here, and even right. if they drink as much as they would otherwise, they're just—they're not walking with like, oh, that was—that was great. I had a—I had a lot of fun there. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, I—I I had to go to this thing and had to sit and drink beer all night. Yeah. Like it, um, it, it just makes people happier when they're here, which is, yeah, which is the whole point of this. Exactly. <laughs> and and if you do spend time here, you realize that it is a fun place to be. It's oh, it's yeah. laid back. There's no pretension. There's no angst. There, there's just nothing that 
could or should put you in a bad mood when, when you're here. It's one of those few places that still exists where I can come in uh, by myself or with somebody else and sit at the bar and have a conversation like that still is like a, it's a, you have bar conversations with yep. tap rooms. There's a lot of really great tap rooms in town that there's, that's not going to happen. I mean, I'll like tell you, we do it every day in here, but it's, and the bar is built perfect for it. Like it's designed for, for people to sit and talk with each other. And like, yeah. I, again, so many places just miss out on that idea anymore. It's like, mm-hmm. Oh, it's just, you know, just straight bar. Just, you know, here it is. It's designed for right. uh, fast, efficient service. And that's all that matters, Right. which it does matter. And I get that. Don't send me an email, but you know, like <laughs> there's, there is another side to this that, uh, that there are a lot of people that have been craving for a very long time because the industry has shifted so much into mm-hmm. that other side of things that, you know, and not everybody wants to have a conversation when they come in for a drink. This isn't a place where you, you have to be sure engaged, but if, if that's what you want, then we're proud to have that, that kind of clientele where people are friendly. Yeah. Um, nobody's standoffish. I, mean, I shouldn't say nobody because you know, it's <laughs> I think open I've seen to, like, I think I've seen like one person yeah. that was kind of an asshole when it, I was here. It, it's open to the public, right? So that shit's going to happen. <laughs> I mean, but, it, was, it was you. But. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So now he's packing his stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Get a half a beer in me and I got all the jokes. Um, it's, that's a big bandaid to kind of rip off for you guys though, to mm. go, to go, just from you know, we'll we'll even, we'll throw COVID as like the in between of all of this. You can yeah. go from before that where all of this was is, uh, is falling on your shoulders. You're controlling. You're steering all of this, and then now you're you're on the other side of it. You're bringing in a, a food partner that is that is going to be controlling a huge aspect of what people think about your business because right. the food is what they're eating. Yeah. Uh, to having some other products behind there that aren't yours mm-hmm. to. Um, that, that's that's a big but in the same off. sense i will be the one buying and picking the other items that we serve as far as drinks and we are working directly hand in hand with steven to develop this menu so that it will be reflective of what our clientele is and what we dogberry as a company stand for so not that i have absolute control right. over any of that but i will i will ensure that i drive it at the same angle that this brewery has always been run. Right. Yeah. I, I would expect nothing less. <laughs> <laughs> Call me a control freak. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. But I, uh, the, the, the nature of what this place is, is, is very much of your vision of what you want craft beer in Cincinnati to be. And so uh, I, maybe, um, no, this place is what I want it to be. I, I don't have, I don't have a, uh, a fire to, to drive what I think the industry should be for anybody else. I want to, I want to, okay. I, I want to drive it so that this is, this is an option. This particular approach is an option for the customer gotcha. in this area. I, I don't, I don't think everybody else should be like me. I don't, I don't, no, 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 I don't that, want too many people like me. No, that's not what I, I guess this world would be a miserable place if they were more like me. No, I, I guess <laughs> I'm just saying it more, not, not on the lines that you think every place should be like that, but, yeah. but what you want you want this to exist. You I want do. this thing. You think this thing is very important. Same way that, you know, Fibonacci oh, yeah. uh, has a very clear vision of what they right. think this thing needs yeah. to be. What it needs to be for them or for us. And, and hopefully enough people find it that we can keep doing it. Right. You know, and we'll be, uh, be turning eight 
here in January. It's crazy. Yeah, so January 21st, we'll have our eighth birthday party. Uh, when, before we get it, start diving sure, into sure, that yeah. a little bit, uh, when can people expect this whole food thing? When, when is that all kind well, of... Well, you know, we're at the mercy of uh, governing bodies. Sure. Um, I don't know anything about how the state operates uh, time-wise with those permits that, that Stephen will have to get um, to operate inside. What, what we're hoping for, we're setting a target date of April 1. But this was already, there was already a kitchen over there. There's so no, not, there's no build out work to do. Right. It is, it's turnkey ready to go. Uh, we, we just need the legal thumbs up. So Perfect. The, you know, the, the paperwork and the stamps have to go through, you know, um, the building department, the fire department, and then the, uh, his, his commissary kitchen license and his in-house license. Uh, he's, and he's going to operate right. his mobile license out of there as well. Right. Yeah. So I don't. Really don't know, uh, you know, with sort of a, the blinders on, we're shooting for April 1. Uh, leading up to it, are we going to start seeing his food truck here a couple of times? Yes, he uh, he is committed to being here on that anniversary party we were just Perfect. talking about. Um, he is really focusing hard on getting this up and running. So, to be honest, I don't know when right, right, right. Uh, the food truck will be uh, open again for the season, but you will definitely see it in our parking lot. Uh, it, it will be based here as well. Uh, so there, there may also be some options for lunch uh, for folks. You know, if you've ever been here, you know, we're in, in a business park where there are a ton of office jobs, um, some manufacturing, and it, it could be a really nice option. There's uh, always people just well. like walking around the parking lot at lunchtime. Yeah. I think that they would probably grab some food and a beer. Yeah. Well, maybe not a beer. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how their bosses are. But <laughs> the, the, the two martini lunch is a thing of the past. Maybe not, I don't know. not in my world. Not with these guys, not with these guys behind me. I can tell you that much. I, uh, I spend a lot of lunches sitting in tap rooms. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So anniversary party. What's uh? what was the date on that again? January 21, uh, uh, Saturday. And you guys are turning eight, eight, Jesus. Can you believe it? Uh, no, like <laughs> it doesn't. It, the math in my head doesn't make sense that uh, all of this has has uh, has happened in such a what feels like a very short period of time to me. But then um, when you slap the number on, I'm like, no, no, that wasn't short. <laughs> it's eight yeah. years. Yeah. Um, you guys are obviously going to throw a party here. Um, uh, any uh, any special beers or anything we can look out for? At this point, um, I've got a couple of things that um, I'm kicking around. Um, but you know, again, it's not really uh, sort of our MO. Right. Uh, I've got a new uh, hoppy English-based co-figure, uh, <laughs> Red Ale, that, that will be coming out. Uh, we'll definitely um, be looking to have some variants on cask of some of our staple beers. Um, but no, outside of that, we're just gonna, we're gonna celebrate where we're at. We've, we've been working really hard on getting this next concept going that uh, I really haven't had a whole lot of time to do anything uh, necessarily special for a release type. Thing. The, the brew team hasn't been able to. Uh, <laughs> we are very busy. <laughs> no, again, people don't, uh, I don't think people remember that uh, some of these operations around town, you guys, or, you know, I said Fibonacci or mm -hmm. places like that. There's, there's some small, small operations that, when you walk in, uh, the people that you're seeing are the people that do everything. <laughs> Absolutely. Actually, Fibonacci has a much bigger staff than you do here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I have to have somebody to feed the goats. <laughs> um, 
Let's take a quick break to thank our show sponsor. Happy New Year from our friends over at Manscaped. The ball is officially dropped, but that doesn't mean that you have to drop the ball on your balls in 2023. Whether you had a New Year's kiss or not, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming have you covered for your much-needed resolution of bringing sexy back. Join the 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with an exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use the code GNOME for 20% off and free shipping. Uh, let's have a toast for a new year and a new you. Um, look, you know how I feel about manscaped.com at this point. Uh, I love these guys. I love the products. I actually use their products. I, I, I believe in them. Um, and I think that you should too. You should let this become a part of your daily routine. It doesn't actually matter if you have nuts or not. There's plenty of things that these folks sell on their website that you'll get value out of. From their wet goods, they've got like a two-in-one shampoo, their ultra premium body wash, body deodorant, all kinds of stuff like that. Uh, their shower tool, they have the body buffer. It's this, uh, it's this scrubber. It's like a, like a silicone scrubber instead of using one of those nasty loofahs. Uh, they've got all kinds of stuff. So just don't be afraid to jump on and check out what they have on their website. I think that you'll be pleasantly surprised at the amount of things that are on there. With that being said, you can get a thing to, to trim your nuts too. You can manscape. I, I encourage everyone to get on and buy whatever they feel the need to, to use. Um, and I've, I've tried just about everything on that website. And I, I've never, I haven't been unhappy with any of it. Uh, they've even got boxers. You can buy a special pair of boxer briefs that don't chafe and stuff. They're, they're, they're great. Everything's great. Um, and on that note, it is a good time to do just that. Jump on the website. Check it out. Um, because if you do, you get 20% off and free shipping with the code GNOME at manscaped.com. It's 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code GNOME. That's G-N-O-M-E. It's time to feel sexy and free this 2023 with Manscaped. Back to the show. Uh, since you guys have been around for eight years, you've mm -hmm. seen uh, you've seen a lot. You've seen a lot of really great things happen in Cincinnati beer. Maybe some things that um, aren't that great. Uh, this industry as a whole, like, where do you see things? We'll, we'll just say in the next year, because of the whole New Year's theme. I think that's what I'm supposed to, to okay. do. But uh, where do you see things going? Maybe in beer in general, uh, in Cincinnati beer. Um, however, you want to go with your thoughts. Well. I don't know exactly what to expect. I'm, I'm afraid there's going to be some attrition um, because of the, the financial woes and some right. things that are going to be catching up from the from the pandemic. Do you think that we will hit a point where there are more that are closing than are opening? Because we still haven't seen that yet. No, I, I um, expected it this year and there were still more, right. more openings. Now, some of them were cider only, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. But I... I don't know. I don't want to be a pessimist like right. that, but I, I would think so. I think with the way the the lending industry is right now, interest rates, I mean, we're not going to get political about right. anything, but it's going to become much more difficult to obtain uh, cash, startup cash for sure. Uh, these things are not cheap to start. Right. Um, and I, I think... Uh, I think some of the financial sector is going to become a little more conservative in their lending practices as well for, for businesses like this. Uh, I could be completely wrong on that. Uh, I didn't come up through the financial sector. I mean, I'm a chemistry guy, but uh, I, I don't see as many new openings coming uh, as, as we have. There was a lot of money. That was already, already kind rolling. of floating. Yeah, yeah. There, were, there was stuff in the pipeline. Um, that, and I think that pipeline got shut off. Um, when that disaster of whatever you want to call it, the pandemic, the 
the mess that was 2020. Um, I think that that sort of closed some valves that we haven't quite seen the results of that yet. Right. Um, it's strange because like as much as, as much as I agree with that, like I see so many people then that maybe instead of trying to do what they were doing, uh, which was open these big kind of regional places that everybody said, you shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. They, they still were. Mm-hmm. Um, then maybe the idea shifts into something smaller, um, like kind of the way you guys started I think that over would there. Be great. And I, you can do that for, I mean, it's not cheap, but for yeah. in the grand scheme of things for, for a reasonable amount of, like you can do that. Sure. And so, Maybe then the places that we do see open are smaller, which to me is a more sustainable business model anyways. I agree with so, that. So maybe then we see more places open because they're doing that. And then people see that they can well, succeed with right. that. And I hope you're even, right. Even the bigger guys. I mean, we've seen some of the, the, the bigger breweries like kind of splintering off and opening smaller tap rooms mm. because that's, you know, uh, the, the smarter way to do it than try to expand into a giant production facility. Like it, I, I, well. I, I just can't get a good read on what I think. Yeah. Um, it, it's where difficult. I think it's going to go. You know, if I, I'm not a gambler, but I guess you could say in, in essence I am because I've started a small business. <laughs> um, I would, I would hedge away from um, any of the, a lot of the big stuff coming, coming sure. through and maybe some delayed uh, openings or, Hopefully there are some small businesses that, that pick up and or, or take foot and, and will sort of bring that, that small crafty feeling back right. to this industry. I'm not, I'm not suggesting that that's what I foresee because I know there are some projects in the works um, and, you know, some additional tap rooms right. or, you know, there's a handful of big guys uh, in town and in the region. Uh, we saw one, you know, just up the road a little ways, get taken over not too long ago. Um, I'm afraid we're going to see a little more of that than maybe we want. Right. But uh, I, I just don't know what to expect. It's, I don't have that. If I tell people all the time, if I had a crystal ball, we'd all be rich. <laughs> <laughs> what about this, this move? I mean, people keep talking a lot about non-alcoholic beer and mm-hmm. how it's the growing kind of, uh, segment within the industry. Um, uh, are we, in your opinion, are we going to see a lot of people trying to jump into that thinking it's the next seltzer, the next, whatever, the next thing? Uh, hmm. I don't think so. Cause it's not easy to do. No. I, and I don't think so. I don't think there's enough of a market for it. There's, there's, you know, the couple of, I would have said the same, brands. I would have said the same thing about seltzer that there's not enough of a market for it Yeah, <laughs> when it was, it was first kind of uh, <laughs> popping up there and, and people started making it. And I will know you, you know, nobody's going to really do that. Like maybe get one guy, maybe that'll do it, but yeah. there's nobody wants that stuff. And then well, here we are there's still, there's still a thing uh, that alcohol is still in there. Right. Sure. Our, I think we have a limited number of folks who are going to pay for something that tastes like a beer, but isn't. And, and costs the same amount yeah, as and beer. It costs does. the same amount, but not. A lot of folks, you know, will will give the song and dance about, hey, I I do it because I love the taste. I love the craft. I, you know, there's there's a reason people drink alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it does something to you, you know. Uh, so I, I just don't see, I don't see that becoming a... Uh, a big thing on a local scene. I think that's going to be left to more of the 
the national brands. Right. It'll. It, I just read an article today that yeah, uh, I know that um, uh, Keurig, Pepsi Keurig, invested what fifty million bucks or something into Athletic Brewing. And they're spending a huge chunk of that in advertising just to start getting it in front of more people and to try to dominate kind of this non-alcoholic thing. So um, it, it could, uh, <laughs> but I mean, if, if it is, I mean, it is that difficult to make. Um, and I've tried a lot of non-alcoholic options just out of curiosity and mm-hmm. most of them taste like garbage. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's a handful that actually tastes good. If you could yeah. be that one that then becomes the only one that's out there that tastes good. And maybe they could dominate that entire segment and just be the one. Maybe you see it if you, if you walk around town and you go into tap rooms and you know, oh, do you have something non-alcoholic? And then a lot of them do. Mm-hmm. A lot of them have athletic brewing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that, so, that to me, that that's, that's the one that's got it hit on the head. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's interesting. I, I, yeah, it's I, a it's a great marketing program. Um, you know, they're 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 uh, what the right word is. They're they're advertising their marketing to a specific type of person. Uh, uh, you, I, I mean, you could say the same thing about craft beer in general, though. Too, like I think that a lot of people that that did jump into craft beer, did it because of some kind of an image thing. Hmm. Um, it was the same way that imports, you know, in the nineties oh, yeah. and stuff, people would pick it up because it was a bottle that looked different. It was fancy. Yeah. It cost my beer cost more than yours. Right. You know, I was like, and so there, <laughs> there is something about, um, the image people want to put out to the world around them when they get a drink, especially in a bar, that's, you know, uh, it's a, that's a good point. Absolutely. Um, it's, uh, it's part of the whole game. It's it's. Uh, <laughs> you see that word right there is why it just burns my butt a little bit. <laughs> the, the it game, is a game to some a, people. It's, it's a game for a lot of people. Yeah, for a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, uh, and as much as uh, as much as as much as you hate to admit it, by being here, you are playing the game. I know. You I know. you may not have to. You may not have to care if you win or lose the game. Right. But if you're here, you're playing it. And, yeah. Uh, uh, it's not a bad thing. No, but I like to think, and I'm going to use a word I think is the worst word in the English language, but I like to think we play fair. We we are true to ourselves and, yeah. and to our customer base. We're not going to flip-flop on you. We're not, you're not going to come in here and get a different experience than what we project to you. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't use fair, um, yeah. because of that, but I think yeah. it's, it's more of, it's a, like a genuine thing, like, mm. a, yeah. like some kind of other thing. It's a, I can't think of a good word to kind of slide in there instead of playing fair, but yeah, um, it well, is genuine's a good word. It is. It is different. It's a. It's a different. Mm-hmm. Different place in the bigger puzzle right. of of craft beer that um, I think people can fall in love with in a very different way than they do. Because like, there's people that love Budweiser. They sure. love what that is, and and, mm-hmm. and but it's 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 different than the people that come sit at the bar here and and come sure. here because they love this place. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's it's a well, it's a good thing. And it's even a, other, it's a good thing. even other craft breweries, and and maybe it's our neighborhood. Uh, our location, our approach, or maybe a combination of all of those things. But, you know, our demographic is, is a lot older yeah. than, than what you might see in certain other tap rooms, say more, you know, urban based. We'll call it a Rheingeist. It's a very, sure. very, very young brewery. Yeah. You I mean, even last time I was, at, I was at Madtree, like, man, I feel old, you know, it, this really isn't necessarily it's not a bad thing. Well, that's because all the kids are running around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Their, their average age goes down a lot because of that. Yeah. <laughs> For every adult, there's 17 kids. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. 
17 kids and two dogs. Wow. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> but again, that's, and that's fine. Uh, I'm not, yeah, I mean, I'm not, every, everybody and everything has its, its, its space. It's just not what we do. Well, and it's uh, kind of going back to that original topic of just trying to understand as a, as a business, who you are and kind of where you fit into this. Um, I think you guys do that really well. And I think that, uh, uh, sometimes it may make kind of that, that road a little harder for you yeah. because it's, uh, it's not the, the easy demographic to, to grab. Right. Um, but it is, it is right for who you guys are. Sure. It's, uh, it's right for what this place is, what the, the, the personality is. It's, it's, it's perfect. It's just, and sometimes it's, it's, sometimes we, it's harder. We, we haven't given ourselves the, uh, the path of least resistance, I guess. You might, you might say. Uh, I, I'm a firm believer that you never should. I think that uh, even if the thing that you want to do the most is the easiest thing, you should find a way to make it a little bit harder on yourself. That's, <laughs> Challenge that's kind of yourself the, yeah, that's, always. That's, that's the way I, I yeah. think of things. But um, but I recognize that's probably not the uh, always the smartest not, way to do it. You know, some folks are... Uh, some folks are whatever business it is. And even in this business, some folks are in it to make as much money as they can. Sure. Um, never was the, the goal. I've talked here. to a lot of people that, that, you know, when I start getting kind of philosophic about beer, you know, emotional about beer, it's still a business, which yes. I recognize that it is. Yeah. And a business has to be able to survive and be able to be profitable and all of that. But, uh, it doesn't have to be the reason you're here. Yeah. And I think for a lot of people, it has either become that or it was that from the very beginning. And I, yeah. I, I, I don't think that what you do for a living or what, you know, you, what business you start has to be done because of the money. And I, mm-hmm. and I think that a lot of people, especially maybe in this country or, you know, this, this culture, I guess I'll say, um, forget that or just, aren't that way and it's strange to me it's easy to get caught up in it i think if you start making a few bucks then you want more you want more you want more but then again yes in this society in this this culture that we live in it it, it's a it's an idea that you have to make as much of it as you can um you know okay and and good for those people i i you know go make all your money i did my thing otherwise right so I find it interesting, though, when I hear from people that tell me I'm doing it all wrong because I'm not focused on maximum profitability. Right. You know, it's first of all, literally, it's not your business. And secondly, uh, I I just I I find it, it hard to maintain true to your mission, true to yourself if it's all about the money. Uh, if, If your mission is money, then you can be true to that. Just by, by being whatever, you know, you need to be to make money. Well, you know, there, I'm sure there are people out there that what they love is extremely profitable and they are absolutely having the time of their lives and the money is just coming naturally to that. And that's good for them. I don't want to, I don't want to pretend that like you can't, you can't be successful and make money. That's, that's not what I'm trying to say. And happy while doing it. Yeah. But I, I do, I see a lot of people that just aren't aren't enjoying themselves when they get up and go to work each day or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever that means to them going to work. But, yeah. um, <laughs> I, uh, I, 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 I can't imagine living an entire life that way. Right. <laughs> like Chase, just, chasing a buck, huh? <laughs> chasing anything, chasing, yeah. chasing something else that you don't really believe in. Right. I, I just, but, but I see it all the time and it's, uh, 
Um, and not just in this industry. I mean, no, and I'm, 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 I'm talking like much bigger just in life. Yeah. Like I, I just, right. you know, I, um, I, I have two small kids. I'm sure if you guys listen to the show, you know that, but, um, and like, I spend a lot of time trying to think about how, you know, as they grow up, like, how do you, how do you show them that when this, yeah. everything that you're surrounded by, everything that you see, everything that you're exposed to is the opposite of that. Mm. And the same goes for beer. How do you explain to somebody what, what beer really is kind of about like that community aspect that, uh, um, that, 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 you know, that space away from home where you have this, this, this community that you can get together and hang out with and kind of, um, be away from normalcy of life and still, still be part of something. Yeah. Um, how do you explain that when, when the majority of the world around you is, you know, uh, you know, Budweiser, Super Bowl commercials, right. like, this is what beer is, or, you know, the, like, it, it's, uh, well, I think it comes, it comes from experience and I mean, you're talking from a parenting standpoint, all of those things are done through leadership as, as a, either as a parent or as a mentor, however you, you show children and you show younger people that you can enjoy these things that aren't necessarily what everybody else thinks is the right way. Right. It, it's okay to be an independent thinker and be you. Now, I mean, we can get all kinds of philosophical on that and about raising kids and, and all that well, stuff. But I think about be, anything though, yeah. I mean, it, it, even be, away from the being kids a thing. leader, if you believe in what, in what you're doing and you, you feel like your experiences and your approach is the right way to go about something, show it to somebody else. It, they, they don't necessarily have to follow you or believe it, but you know, Give, give them a chance to, to experience it. Right. And then teach them or hope that they can think for themselves. Well, and I think a lot of people get real protective over stuff too. Like if you, um, if you think that you're doing something the, the right way or the best way, you almost get uh, protective over that's my way. And I don't want the people around me to do it that same way. I, I, you know, don't want the success of the people around me. And it, it comes mm-hmm. in a lot of that manifests in a lot of different ways. And yeah, you're right. <laughs> we, could, we could go back to the beer industry and talk about, you know, the, the, the community aspect of beers, everybody will cite it as one of the most important things about craft beer. Yeah. Uh, but then, you know, you, you see, especially as the industry starts growing that it, not everybody is friendly and happy and kind to each other, <laughs> even if they, uh, are, you, you can put on a face are on paper. <laughs> yeah. Now that's, that's true. Some, that, that became evident, uh, over these, these past eight years, this, did this you, industry has gone through a cycle. Did you I, see I a, yeah. Did you see like an actual shift oh, in kind of, no doubt. Um, um, you know, the collaborative kind of fun aspect of hanging out and being not, just that segment of the community. We were the producers. We were the purveyors, you know, the right. business owners, the brewers, um, the, the, even the sales reps, you know, everybody had their role to play and there was communication. There was camaraderie. There was fun collaborations. And I know collabs still go on, but it's a, it's a very handpicked kind of clicky type thing. Now sure. it has really fallen, fallen off from the industry that, you know, yeah, and that I knew, uh, we, we used to have a blast and, and of course, you know, we're all getting older, right? I mean, sure. I've gone from having a, a, you know, my, my oldest kid was 12 <laughs> at, or 11 at the, at the time that, 
you know, we started this business. So there are different priority shifts too, right? People go through things and no, I can't be going out downtown and partying all right. the time, but it just seems like, and maybe I, I'm just like a black sheep and got ousted. I don't know, but I, I don't see that happening anymore. No, it's, it's definitely different. Like it used to, cause I, I do still spend a lot of time in a lot of different tap rooms and I, you used to walk into tap rooms and you would see, see other brewers, you would see other brewers, you would yeah. see, and, I, and I, you still do from time to sure, time, I, sure. and I, but not the way it used to be. No, uh, um, not even close. That's one of the big reasons uh, every year. Uh, so big sis, the collaboration that I'm mm-hmm. a part of every single year, we do this big collaboration, we hang out and everybody is invited. Now I, even I struggle trying to get that message out to everybody <laughs> because there are so many people. Uh, but if you're listening to this and you know, you don't know about big sis, uh, it's every, every, every fall usually. And I'll start talking about it online. And if you want to, if you're a brewery and you want to be part of this collaboration, all you have to do is ask and yes, please, please be a part yeah. of it. And so, yeah. because that's a big part of it to me to kind of go back to that, that original idea of like those times where you're just hanging out and you're, you're embracing that, 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 that camaraderie, that community, that thing that. Uh, yeah. And it doesn't have to be necessarily always talking shop or it doesn't have to be a weenie wagger. Oh, no, there's, I'm doing there's this not a lot of that at all, actually. Right. <laughs> yeah. That, and that, that's what was always fun about it. Hanging out, just talking shit and having a few beers and I actually, having fun. I actually think, uh, for this year's big sis, um, I think I only walked up onto the brew deck once just to <laughs> peek and see kind of where things were at and see how things were going. The rest of the time it was just sitting around, just hanging out with people and talking yeah. and just yeah. having uh, kind of similar to the same stuff we do on the show. Just right. sitting around just, just talking about something. And, yeah. yeah. Um, and that's, I think that is, I think it's important. Um, um, I don't want to, I don't want to kind of lose that within beer, but yeah, well, I think it's, it, that's great. And I know we haven't necessarily been a part of it uh, on the, on the brew day type thing, but uh, it's important that you're doing that. It, it keeps it keeps that kind of spirit alive, um, not just for your friend in particular, but uh, in the industry. Yeah, well, and I, you know, as as I keep growing with this thing, this gnarly gnome or Sensi Brewcaster, whatever it is, as this thing keeps growing, it just enables more opportunities to do stuff like that and to be able to have more of an impact on and kind of. Uh, preserving some of those things that I think are important. Mm. I think that's the frustration for me is that as other places have grown, they don't use that to do that. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's the, uh, that's the hard part. Yeah. yeah. But that's, we, we won't go down that rabbit hole because, <laughs> uh, but uh, I think for me, I think 2023 is, and this is probably says a lot about my personality, but I think it's going to be a good year for beer. I'm not saying that there won't be places that close because there will be. Um, but I think we're going to see really unique places that, that do open places that kind of change the mindset of why you open and how you open. I think it's going to kind of go back to some of those, those earlier days of, of what you saw. Now mm-hmm. we'll still see big places opening more tap rooms when Braxton open is going to open two more tap rooms in 2023. And yeah. that's, that's, yeah. it's, it's, it's fine. Um, but we're going to see some other places that are different open up. And I think that that's even, even on that note, I'm not digging at Braxton because the tap rooms that they're going to open are going to be very different than, than what they have at this point. Okay. Yeah. Um, which we'll talk about that after we end the show. <laughs> I have some thoughts. Uh, <laughs> and, but I mean, like we're going to see, we're going to see good things happen. I think we're going to see, um, people 
getting into craft beer, maybe through some of those other means, maybe they're bourbon drinkers or they're, mm. uh, they're wine drinkers and more and more tap rooms are offering that. I mean, uh, there, there are some tap rooms around town that have insanely good bourbon selections, yeah. like better than most of the bars around. Like, so yeah. it becomes a spot for bourbon drinkers then to hang out. And then it well, becomes I think there's a reason for that too. You've got people who know what they're doing. They sure. know, they know about good stuff. And just because they make beer, or sell beer doesn't mean that they don't know how to pick another level of quality right. know, in different products. I think when you when you have folks that own and run businesses like this, you if they expand upon those, you're going to find that they do a very good job right. uh, on on picking out those products that they don't necessarily manufacture. Right. So I, I think it's going to be a good year. Uh, we'll see, though. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Again, I'm kind of uh, the hopeless you're, optimistic. You are the eternal <laughs> optimist, for sure. Um, what do you want people to know about Dogberry that you think that they don't know? Uh, or is there anything? Well, I think, you know, we, we've said it every time we've uh, been on the show. And, you know, just that we are a, a small business that is rooted in, in our quality and and our classic approach to to certain styles and we have heard you uh we we are making those adjustments we are bringing in the food um we are bringing in those drinks that maybe your wife or your boyfriend what maybe they're not a beer drinker so we'll have we'll have those options for them too uh but what i want you to know is that we're, we're a place that cares about our product we care about our customers um we, we just love to see you here. Give us a chance and I think you'll you'll know what we're talking about. Well, you're still doing it with all of those core principles at the center of it, sure. which, which sometimes um, yep. is hard for other places to figure out how to do that. Yeah, I don't know. It's the only way I know how to go about things. Um, and maybe, you know, I have some shortcomings as far as being an opportunist, you know, in, in the business aspect and, and things of that sort. But this is how I operate. And it's not just the business. This is all, this is all I know. Right. How to, how to do things is to try to do it with, with, uh, sincerity and, uh, and dedication. Well, that's, I mean, that's one of the reasons that, you know, people like me do love the tap room. So, um, we appreciate it. <laughs> um, well, thank you. For anybody who wants to know more about Dogberry, um, obviously social media, but uh, come mm -hmm. to the tap room, um, Crescent Park Drive. I don't know the address. Nine nine six four Crescent um, Park Drive. It's uh, uh, a little bit off the beaten path, but not really as much as you might we're, think it uh, is. We're a one minute drive from Top Golf. You you I, could walk. I don't yeah. <laughs> I don't encourage it, but uh, you could walk. Yeah. Um. It's it's easy to get to big parking lot. I know people are losing their shit all over town about tap rooms and their lack of parking. You don't have that problem here nope. at all. Um, there is plenty of space inside, no matter what size party you have with you. It's a, it is one of the, uh, one of the best laid out tap rooms, uh, in town. So, well, thank you. Um, you will be comfortable when you're here and soon enough you can drink wine if that's what you want to yeah. do. <laughs> have a, have a really high level slider and, uh, and some fries and, uh, I will, know, maybe I will, a party. I will know? definitely, uh, eat some sliders and some fries, but, yeah. uh, I don't think you'll ever catch me drinking wine here in this tap room. So I'm, I'm sorry about that, but I'm not, but, I'm, <laughs> I'm not really, uh, I'm not really feeling bad about that. <laughs> I can't guarantee that if you have some uh, tasty can 
brand cocktails. I might not indulge in one every once in a while. Sure. But, um, <laughs> we'll be back next week. Um, I don't know off the top of my head what the episode is because that's there's a lot of things in my head at all times. Uh, thank you, Tony, for, thank you, no, for hanging out. Really appreciate uh, it. Seriously, guys, get out here to Dogberry. Uh, I, I, one of the most, if not the most underrated breweries in town. And I, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. The beer is fantastic. Space is great. Personality is perfect for, for what it's supposed to be. <laughs> it's, it's awesome. So get out here. Um, we'll be back next week. Sensi Brewcast. It's the voice of Sensi Craft.